now, time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Ernaberry Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode is brought to you by the latest issue of Ernaberry's Reporter Magazine. The summer 2021 issue is now out, and it is one you definitely don't want to miss. Visit ernerberry.com slash reporter to get a digital copy or subscribe for free. In our top story, this is my last podcast for a while. <laughs> I will be heading out on my three-month vacation. I mean, what? I mean maternity leave. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, we have Seafood News staff writer Ryan Doyle filling in for me. So the show will go on. Just, you know, yes, it will. So we won't have my pizzazz, right? But uh, yes. Lauren, just do you want to spend the next half hour telling everyone how much you'll miss me? <laughs> I have a PowerPoint <laughs> prepared. I will go through. Um, no, you don't need me telling you how much I'll miss you. My work life has been a mess ever since they split up our pod. Yep. So, you know, I'm having a hard time with this. So. <laughs> Let's just glaze it over and hopefully the next few months will go by. And by the time you come back, hopefully... The pandemic will be done Ooh. and we'll, we'll get on with life as we, you know, knew it before you left. But what will we talk about if the pandemic's over? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like all our news stories right revolve whales. around that. We'll right talk about <laughs> right whales. <laughs> Back to the rightwhalenews.com. There we go. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate the kind words, Lauren. <laughs> and uh, and let's get to talking about the pandemic. <laughs> yep, yep. In our in our real top story, uh, the severe consequences of a prolonged lockdown are weighing on Vietnam's manufacturing and export-oriented industries. Um, new orders to curb the spread of the COVID-19 Delta variant have led to sharp reductions in factory output in Vietnam. And Vietnam's Purchasing Managers Index, their PMI, a measure of manufacturing performance. Um, so above 50 representing an expansion, below 50 representing a contraction, dropped sharply to 44.1 in June. And that's from 53.1 um, the previous month. So that's ending a six-month period of growth. And this is reportedly the worst drop since the survey began more than a decade ago. So Vietnam's value-added shrimp industry has also been heavily influenced by new restrictions. While shrimp factories and farms are still allowed to operate, workers must eat and sleep within the plants and completely isolate from the public and their families. However, a host of shrimp factories have temporarily closed while others are performing at around 20 to 30% capacity because of their inability to build enough dormitories and shower facilities for their workforces to stay in place. With cold stores overloaded and with limited workers for processing, their ability to purchase raw materials has diminished, obviously. Yeah. Now, just a quick sidebar, because <laughs> this is just so like, a, like, this is something a foreign country did. This would never happen in the U.S. Could you imagine? <laughs> if, we had to, if we had to stay at Erner Berry, you might, you might actually, you might be like, all right, Greg, Take the kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see you in a few weeks. Right. But um, it's it's crazy seeing what, what foreign countries, you know, do to keep going because, like I said, I, I can't picture anyone in the U.S. I can't imagine the, the fights that break out between coworkers when you start living with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's got to be. So if you're in Vietnam and you're listening to this, let, it, let us know what it's like. But, yeah, um, imagine. Yeah. Ernerberry Mark reporter Michael Nesbitt, uh, he spoke recently with the owner of Sabina Group, which is a Vietnamese shrimp sourcing and consulting company. 
And they revealed that farmers began panic harvesting um, when Directive 16 was applied on July 19th. And Directive 16, um, that's the directive that requires all you know businesses to keep their employees on site and everything to, like that. To work in place. Yep. So um, he continued that given the massive oversupply and with processing capacity reduced, uh, Vaname farm, uh, farm gate prices have dropped. And these restrictions in Vietnam are also impacting Pangasius. So the Pangasius market has already been under upwards pressure due to supply constraints, shipping delays, and increased uh, freight and feed costs, just to name a few. Um, but demand remains active, allowing wholesale prices to steadily strengthen. Um, so while five to seven ounce sized standard moisture frozen fillets are boasting an average of $2.33 uh, per pound, the price is still 84 cents below the record high established in 2018 and inching towards the previous three-year average of $2.38 per pound. So if the situation in Vietnam continues to escalate, the groundwork is laid for prices and lead times to increase. Now, staying on the COVID train here, uh, some restaurants in the U.S. are now requiring proof of vaccination if you want to dine inside. So like the mask mandates, requiring proof of vaccination is up to each business, and a growing number of restaurants in big cities are attempting to fight the surge of the COVID-19 Delta variant by imposing these new requirements on diners before they sit down to enjoy a meal. So, for example, some restaurants in Seattle, San Francisco, Boston, Cambridge, they're now asking customers to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test from the past 48 hours. Um, and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio is also encouraging restaurants to require proof of vaccination or the negative test before, you know, allowing customers to dine on site. One major New York City restaurant group, Union Square Hospitality Group, has decided to do just that. An update on their Union Square Hospitality Group website states that to keep our community safe from September 7th, 2021 forward, we will be requiring all guests to show proof that they are fully vaccinated. Our teams are required to be fully vaccinated as well. Please bring either your physical COVID-19 vaccine card, your New York State Excelsior Pass, your relevant state-provided vaccine pass, or a photo of your vaccine card to share upon arrival. Now, Union Square Hospitality Group CEO Danny Meyer told CNBC that we know right now that the vaccine works and it's time to make sure that this economy continues to move forward. There is no going back. And Mayor de, uh, Mayor de Blasio tweeted his support for Meyer and the Union Square Hospitality Group, writing that Meyer is one of the most influential restaurant owners in the business, and when he leads, others follow. De Blasio also continued that New York City fully supports this move, and more businesses should mandate vaccines for the safety of workers and the safety of our city. But, of course, not every business is seeing the support. Eater reports that some establishments in San Francisco that are requiring proof of vaccine are now getting one-star Yelp reviews because of their new mandate. Now, like, of course, it's a very controversial topic. I mean, I think everything regarding yes. COVID is. And there are certainly some strong uh, opinions out there regarding the mass mandates and the vaccines. Uh, but I just want to say that I understand where restaurants are coming from, like that these ones that are choosing to this, especially in New York City, like dining rooms were shut down for so long. I mean, they just opened back up in February, you know? Right. So for some of these restaurants that were only, you know, able to reopen the past few months from their viewpoint of not wanting to take any chances and being shut down again, like I, I can understand that, you know? And right. Especially in the cities where restaurant space is, is pretty tight, where you have tables super close mm -hmm. together. So 
you definitely understand that they want to keep everybody safe. Yeah. And, you know, like they may be alienating some customers. I'm sure there's a handful of people that I'll never eat at a Union Square hospitality group restaurant again. But at the same time, a lot of these restaurants are also dealing with labor shortages. So maybe it's a win-win for them. (laughs) (laughs) No, this will drive some people away. Now we can handle the, the you know. The regular customers that come in. Exactly. And, you know, I definitely see it from both sides. I can't imagine what the restaurant owners have been through the past year. So whatever they need to do to support themselves and their family and keep them safe, it's their decision. And I support it. Exactly. I mean, I've been saying that all along. It's like, if I'm not comfortable going somewhere, then, you know, I like I've, I tell my husband this all the time whenever we go out, like, we're going to turn around if I'm not comfortable where I am. You know, I don't care if we right. drove an hour or whatnot, you know, and yeah. I think everyone just needs to to do the same thing. If, you know, if, if you're not comfortable going with someone who's unvaccinated, you know, it's, it's your call to make. But right. I, I think it's, I mean, let's, these restaurants have been through enough. Let's not give them one star. Know, per <laughs> let's, let's lay off the online trolling for now. Yeah. Bring, you know, everybody needs some compassion these, these days. Yeah. But moving along, um, Subway is calling on a California judge to end the lawsuit over its tuna sandwiches. The sandwich chain has been embroiled in legal drama since January when a lawsuit was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California, alleging that Subway's tuna sandwich is, quote, made with anything but tuna. The original claim was ultimately abandoned, but the lawsuit was uh, was updated in June to call Subway's sustainability claims into question. The updated complaint read that the defendant's label and advertised the products as 100% tuna and additionally represent that the tuna in their products contain either skipjack and or yellowfin tuna from sustainably farmed fisheries. However, the product's labeling, marketing, and advertising is false and misleading. In reality, the products do not contain 100% skipjack and yellowtail tuna and or do not consist of 100% tuna with respect to the fish portion of the product defendants represent as tuna. What a mouthful. Yes, that was. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Subway fired back, maintaining that their restaurants serve 100% wild-caught tuna. And now the chain is urging the judge to throw out that suit. And according to the court filing, Subway is saying that the plaintiffs offered no facts to support their frivolous claim that the restaurant chain's products do not contain 100% sustainably caught skipjack or yellowfin tuna. Subway also says that the lawsuit has attracted, uh, attracted negative media attention, which has hurt thousands of franchisees. I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by it all. I kind of want to buy a sandwich and taste it and see how it is. So I feel like there's got to be more people like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe people like me are offsetting the negative media attention, you know? I hope so. So this weekend, Subway, I'm going to go get a a tuna sandwich and and try it out. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, woman. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and in our final story, Aqua Bounty Technologies is headed to Ohio. After months of speculation about the location of their new farm, the land-based aquaculture company announced on Thursday that they've identified Pioneer, Ohio, as a location for their first large-scale commercial facility. Aqua Bounty CEO Sylvia Wolf said in a statement that we are excited to announce Pioneer, Ohio, as the location of our next farm. She continued that after an intensive analysis of the site data and the completion of substantial due diligence, Pioneer met our selection requirements. 
the Village of Pioneer, Williams County, the state of Ohio, Jobs Ohio, and the Regional Growth Partnership have all been a pleasure to work with and are highly supportive of the economic benefits we plan to bring to the community. Aqua Bounty's new farm, which is estimated to cost $200 million, will be able to produce 10,000 metric tons of salmon annually in a 479,000 square foot facility. Construction on the facility is expected to begin in late 2021, with the anticipation of commencing the commercial stocking of salmon in 2023. The company said that once the farm is in operation, it will bring over 100 new jobs to the region. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that does it for us. That does it for you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you and Ryan are very happy together, Lauren. <laughs> uh, well, once oh, again, you know we're we're not as fun as me and you. No, Ryan. But Ryan is Ryan's got a great radio voice. He does. He does. He he's much more professional than I am. <laughs> what I need. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you there. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Once again, this episode is brought to you by Erner Barry's Reporter Magazine. Visit ErnerBerry.com slash reporter to get your copy. Bye-bye. Bye.